0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Strange Cast Player One Versus Wars Life and Strange Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Adam, my co host. Adam is here.
1: Adam, you here. I'm here. I'm no longer a chef, so that means a different hat this time. A big crazy. I retired the London crap. hat. It's it's right over there. Like, <laughs> if you can see it. So new era in life, new hat. New era <laughs> in life, new hats, yes. Very mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a better yeah. way to start this show. Um, but yes. Big change in your life, but obviously, yeah. the same podcast here because we're
1: always back, yeah. Um, yeah, always here, just without... not as a chef,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's uh positive, but yeah, as I said, that's changing your life, but also the podcast always stays the same. And we are back as well.
1: Um, episode 42, 42, I'm gonna say 42. Uh, yes, question mark. F- I, I b- yeah, I believe I don't know 42. <laughs>
0: I think we've yeah. slowly climbed to fifty, which will be a big landmark. Obviously, that's uh, yeah, crazy to think for... that we're almost
1: at fifty on this one. <laughs> I I don't understand <laughs> how time works anymore. I'm actually looking at um, Strange Castle on Spotify. Uh, I
0: believe there's forty three episodes in total, and this is going to be forty two. Because mm. obviously, the uh, the we had the special with Jonathan Panetta, which was two part episode. Well, I believe True. say.
1: Oh, you don't number the episodes, do you? yeah oh wait oh there they are yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very um, much to the end yeah true uh oh my god uh it's so long of a title uh yeah that, i can't even see it here. from spotify goodness i will um, tell,
0: i'm gonna do this yeah, job for, for you so let's go on to yeah YouTube.
1: do it go on to youtube we are yes
0: uh playlist and we are this will be episode 42
1: okay there you go 42 yes
0: so yes. if you have managed to stay with us and not clicked off i'm very grateful uh, <laughs> but yes that was a one hell of a long intro and obviously as we start off with as usual on youtube uh we do ask if you can please drop a subscribe like turn on notifications and uh comment for our video it helps you keep up to date with our content uh, Strange mm-hmm. is also available on all podcast services, we're available on Spotify, we're a video version, we're on YouTube, YouTube. we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Amazon, we're on everything, so you can mm-hmm. check us out on there. Um, and if you are a listener on podcast services, do head over to the YouTube channel, because as you'll see with this episode, and probably the title or whatever, we do take a lot of fan suggestions and topics, we've had them before, and this one mm-hmm. is no different. So if you do comment on our videos, we can are more than happy to take on your ideas for future topics, because sometimes it is painfully difficult to find things to talk about because when it's a, a quiet period like this, you know, content isn't that big, and as you'll see as well, we only have one piece of news for this week as well. Um, yes. and, and, and usually as well, we source pretty much everything now. So we source all of Deck Nine stuff, so we source anything to do with Expanse. We source stuff from Don't Nod. Um Generally speaking, any kind of content from Dontnod, and then obviously Life is Strange, Square Enix related, but this is <laughs> this is an example of yeah. where it's a very quiet time for the industry, uh, per se, for now at least. But mm-hmm. should we kick things off?
1: Yeah, let's kick things right off with the mm, one piece this of news. Will-
0: yeah, so this is going to be very much a Deck Nine-centric episode, I believe, as well, based on our main topic as well. So uh, not much do not know conversation for the time being. But this is a news piece that we saw on the Life is Strange Twitter page, which was that Life is Strange True Colors has been nominated in the Peabody Awards. The prestigious wow. Peabody Awards represents hashtag stories that matter. Reading this off Twitter, by the way. Um, and we and Deck Nine are honored to be recognized as a Peabody nominee amongst the very best in storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, Peabody Twitter has also part saying that's a wrap for our nominee announcements we're excited to share more with you over the coming weeks to learn more about these powerful stories and uh, lum- luminaries luminaries mm-hmm. luminaries behind them uh, stay tuned as winners will be announced on May the 9th so we'll get our results on May the 9th I went on the website it's basically just an explanation of what Life is Strange Two Colors is and I'm not going to explain that because um, you know that will be a waste of all our times so if you don't know what Life is Strange Two Colors is um, well you should go and play it first, <laughs> get an idea of it. Um, yes. Interesting as well, it says on here as well on um, Peabody Awards that um, the game was released in Stadia, which I'm a little yeah. bit like. Mm hmm. Like, that's I, I crazy, remember. that.
1: Yeah, I remember it was released on, on Stadia. I was just like, why? Oh my God. The fact that it's still listed, uh, uh, it says like Xbox, PlayStation, Stadia, but Stadia is not a thing anymore. It like no, shut no. down their servers. And they're like, think to can... everything as well. Yeah, you can't even play anything on Stadia. So it's very interesting that they listed it. Um, the one thing I wanted to note is that they were they were nominated in the interactive and immersive. And it looks like it's just one of two, like, video games. Like, like quote unquote, like, there's interactive, like, YouTube channels. Even one of them is a Minecraft server build. Um, but it's just them and unpacking is a video game. I'm pretty sure um, that's weird so it's like it's a fusion of all kinds of different things
0: into interactive entertainment so like video yes. games versus this versus that versus this so it's like different
1: yeah there's like um there's like immersive video technology there's an immersive youtube channel there is an immersive uh new york times uh article on here but uh true colors and unpacking and, you know, um, Deion censored Library, which is a Minecraft thing. Um, but those two are the only classified, quote-unquote, video games that were nominated mm-hmm. in the Peabody Awards. And I'm, I'm very happy for Unpacking, too. I played Unpacking, and I talked about it on another podcast, um, The Greatest Story I Ever Played. We talked about that. And it's a really excellent game uh, with no um, voices, no voice acting, no real story to write like you assume things while moving around the room like you solve mysteries with the puzzle and i'm like oh it's it's really good so mm. you know i i think that they're in good company with the peabody awards being unpacking and uh life strange true colors yeah it's, a, it's an interesting
0: mix to see something like this done where it's like across different um categories and well different categories different categories with including different mediums and different yes. story
1: times it's not just video game versus video games is it um this is just interactive like imagery you know interactive um does it give us it doesn't even say like what what qualifies nominate interactive and immersive so
0: on their press release here on the website it says the peabody awards of jurors today announced the 40 nominees for the following categories Entertainment arts, children's youth, podcast slash radio, interactive, immersive, and uh, public service. The nominees represent the most compelling and empowering stories released in broadcasting and streaming media during 2022. The nominees were chosen by a unanimous vote of 17 jurors from over t- uh, 12 and- 1,200 entries from television, podcast, radio, and the mm-hmm. web slash digital in uh, entertainment, news, documentary, arts, children's slash youth public service, and interactive programming. Yeah, so this um,
1: is pretty prestigious. Like, it's pretty crazy. It um, seems
0: like it. I, I will be honest, I've never heard of the Peabody Awards. This is the 38th
1: annual of it. Um, I've, heard, I was... I've heard of them. I just never really thought about what they were. Um, right. But, yeah, no, it's pretty prestigious. And there's only two, quote-unquote, video games on here. Uh, it's a shame that we're not nominated in the podcast category. I think that's robbery. <laughs> I think that's robbery. That's you know, Strange Cast is not in podcast radio, but sold a story how teaching kids to read went so wrong. Like, come on, the podcast is about how something went wrong. Strange Cast is about good vibes. Why weren't we <laughs> nominated Peabody Awards? It's just silly. That's my yeah, opinion.
0: I agree, um, and it says this as well of the sixty-nine total nominations, Peabody. PBS produced the most with 13, Wait. followed by HBO Max.
1: How many nominations? 13. PBS. Uh, 13. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh,
0: followed by wow. HBO Max with 6, Apple TV with 4, uh, four Disney Plus and FX with 3 each, and ABC, Channel 4, Netflix, and Vice with 2 each. Um, mm. So yes, it's a very very wide spectrum of things. But yeah, True Cool has been nominated um, 2022 for this release. It was released in yeah. 2022,
1: wasn't it? Well, it's just crazy because that there were... 69 total nominations that's that's crazy to think that there was not near 70 but there was 69 total nominations <laughs> that's just that's just an interesting number unless you get factoid you know uh, oh dear yeah it's too bad there wasn't 420 nominations that would have been you know <laughs> something else but 69 total that's uh that's a very prestigious, very, very prestigious number. Very, prestigious. Um,
0: very no, prestigious. Nonetheless, that is our one piece of news. And um, yes. yeah, it's a big surprise, for, uh, you know, great that True Colors has been nominated in that. It did say that it was it's for stuff that was released in 2022. And I have to double check this as well, like uh, True Colors was released in 2021.
1: Yeah, I. that's the other thing. I'm like, why is it like, like good, good for them. Like, I'm very happy for the team at Deck Nine to like have a nomination in a video game in the peabody awards but yeah why why now it's just weird yeah i don't know but that's that's really cool though i guess um it's really Hmm. cool it is it's really yeah it's really something i agree and it's nice
0: to see that dead nine has got that recognition and uh in general, it's a good nomination for uh, True Colors. True Colors was overlooked, obviously, at the BAFTAs. Um, like, you know, Eric Morgan yes. didn't win a BAFTA. Hans won a BAFTA, which was an absolute shame. I would yeah. 100% give them. Maybe it's because I'm biased, but I thought they were overlooked for a lot of nominations. And then also the same as well, just in general, best game and stuff. Is, it was it had a tough competition, tough crowd. So it's nice to get nominated in something like this. And obviously, best of luck to the Deck Nine team with getting this award. Hopefully, bring it home for the Life is Strange series. Yes. Yes. But not much else to go off for that unless you have anything else to add. Uh,
1: 69. 69,
0: yes. Okay, we will <laughs> we, will, we will move on from that and we'll just go into our main topic. So, as I said, not much news and we're just going to go straight to our main topic. This was submitted on our previous video from Jace on YouTube who um, mm. asked me and Adam what our thoughts would be on, like, ranking the Life is Strange BTS episodes and potentially ranking the True Colors episode the chapters. We could potentially do that as one game. We'll, we'll work this out as we move along. But I think it's mm-hmm. kind of like, as a nice suggestion from Jace because like it's opposite of what we had with, uh, when we talked about my Metacritic reviews, because obviously they were all don't nod essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like left um, the Life is Strange, True Colors and BTS on the shelf. Although we did talk about it, by the way, in that Lost episode, which was like two and a half hours long. We talked a lot about it. So it's basically going to repeat that conversation here so you can actually hear what we think about generally, the, the Deck Nine stuff. So, um Adam, I think, obviously, I think we should start with BTS. Um, yes. But before that, I want to pitch you a question, because it adds into this as well. I feel like it's an a an age-old question in terms of how the series has been treated. Is that, do you think that Deck Nine gets an unfair rap from people in this series? <sighs> <laughs> Let's open this kind B- of
1: Put it this way. I think BTS, it was... A totally fair rap like a totally fair. Well, no, then it wasn't because then I'm like in the middle of that. Like, surprise, surprise, I'm on the middle of things. But, um, so in terms of before the storm situation, I got a bad rap Was it fair or was it not fair? On one hand, it wasn't fair because of the, uh, the guild, um, uh, what, what do you, what do you call sag it? Sag Strikes. Sag Strikes. Thank you. Uh, so there there was a lot of different voice actors that couldn't be on. Um, There was just like a mix of writers, and it was just a whole big mess. So I don't think it was fair on that point. For certain people in Deck Nine who took credits for making Chloe a likable character through before the storm, yeah, I think having a bad rap was fair on that one. (laughs) Like you didn't make. Right, right. Yeah. Hold on. I've always heard this.
0: Where's that come from? Where, has, has De- think, did Deck Nine say it specifically? Yes. I think that? Zach
1: Who's, Garris. I'm pretty sure Zach, Zach Garris said. It? Yeah, I, wanna, opinion, I want it.
0: Um, we, I, I want to get we, to the bottom of this because I've always heard this comment come up from not just yourself but like other people, and it's like, no, did I this it is. I'm like,
1: hold on, uh, before the storm, I'm trying to find the exact quote online. Uh, before I make it official but yes I'm pretty sure I'm 80% sure um, uh, we make Chloe no I know I know for a fact that it was is it, uh, is it said in the long of those lines
0: it's not obviously that we made her completely likeable but it's like they're just saying that they made her a bit more relatable no essentially. I'm, that...
1: I'm definitely telling you the truth that he quoted saying like yeah we made her likable in this game uh still isn't sure. Do you know I'm holding him anything? to account
0: here, audience, don't worry. He's scrambling yes. now.
1: I am no, I will find this quote. Um <laughs> uh, He's being challenged be, on this. If you if I don't find it, put it in the comments right now, like where it was said. But I'm I'm almost definitely sure. Um it might have been a video, he probably said it in like one of those like little
0: developer commentary videos.
1: Okay. Maybe. Okay. I'm about to oh. I'm on the I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path. He thinks he's on the right path. I think we should start
0: playing some elevator music here. I might get a future edit. Do
1: do 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 do, <laughs> do 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 do. Oh,
0: sorry, inconvenience across the video.
1: <laughs> oh wait, okay, hold on, hold on. I might have it. Well, Mayor Grant, have we well, found it? the story prequel. Cool. We looked at the Arcade Bay. There were so many characters. We kept. Obviously how vulnerable she is, so I think. For now, it makes principal, but maybe the first choice character you play. I think a lot of characters are often a little too neutral. It was a creative choice to make Chloe. Ah, 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 ah. Zach Garris. It right here. The question was, while Chloe's role in the first game made her a great character, uh, candidate for a playable character in a prequel. Uh, her attitude makes her an interesting choice to be a playable character. Did you have any concerns about making her the main character Before the Storm? Zach Garris is quoted by saying, uh, it's not exactly it. I'm, I'm going to read through this article a little bit more, but you see where the... Wait, 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 He said, it was a creative choice to make Chloe, who's not so neutral, be the character we're inviting you to play. We weighed a lot of those pros and cons and felt like the right decision. We fell in love with doubling down and revisiting our Bay, but through the unique eyes, it's gonna be a different experience. I swear he did it. I swear he said it. I swear. <laughs> uh I know this personality makes me okay. moments. I don't think so. Okay. Okay.
0: So because obviously this is like people are like getting a lot of white noise from us at this point in this podcast. <laughs> like at the beginning and the this middle section so far. I
1: know, but I'm uh, proving myself right here. I am proving myself right. Let's just right. hyperfectly
0: speaking say that they yes. did say that they did say that as, as people have pointed out and, uh, and if you have found it, do leave it in the comments or something, it'll just uh, explain it. Cause I've never seen it. I've just heard people say it. And that's why I'm, I've always kind of been a bit sketchy with like, just the, 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 you know, <laughs> they said this kind of thing, um, play yes. devil's advocate is, aren't they a little bit
1: right about that in the sense of how no. they're, they're framing Chloe, because <laughs> no, they're not right because they're, they're saying that like you, Chloe wasn't likable. In in the first game, so like no, I know, a lot of people they're I they're like taking Chloe. credit for making Chloe likable and just like okay. or making her a more vulnerable character. And like you didn't, you absolutely didn't. So no, I always think like that Chloe's marmite. If anything, in the first
0: Life is Strange game, I love Chloe from the first Life is Strange game. I also marmite. Don't like Are you Chloe. serious?
1: What? What? In the no. Yeah, of course she First game, no. Yeah, go course she is. She's she's a marmite, very marmite
0: because like how? How, how can you not how how can you like her in certain ways she puts everything on max's shoulders she's like why did you abandon me why did you do this like she yeah. she clearly blatantly takes stuff advantage of max saying let's use your time powers for this show me your time powers do this oh we, we as as we talked about in that last episode with kate oh don't answer kate's phone forget kate yes. you're with
1: me i'm more yeah.
0: important here yeah so so how can and, and yeah. i by a, the way as a quickly, fellow
1: only child Yes, <laughs> it's like yeah, I feel and, that and, one. <laughs> and, and
0: let me just preface this because I'm only playing devil's advocate here because I, I I see it from both sides. I really like Chloe, as I said, I really really liked him both BTS and Life of Strange One more so Life of Strange One, if anything. But I understand why people don't like. I also understand why people don't like Max either, and also don't like Rachel because they're, they're very all marmite figures in themselves. Like there's a reason why everyone's like I'm a Max Stan or I'm a chloe Stanner or rachel Stanner or i'm like i ship these two people together i don't like these ones i kind of get why they don't like them but yes do, do you not like understand i i i don't i don't i wouldn't like let them take if they did say this they take credit for making her a likable character maybe they presented her in a more of a neutral kind of way or they were trying to make her neutral because of the position the story takes compared to where the first life is strange game takes place where it's like she's pretty head-on where she's like Max, love me. Love me,
1: Max. Basically, yes. That's what she's like. Um, so maybe it's that. Yeah, please leave it in comments. I know I'm not. Yeah. It. He said. <laughs> He's been
0: caught out here. He has been Wait, caught out here. I've got him.
1: He came on here just
0: assuming he was going to have a chilling out podcast session. I, and I, I turned am up in top four. By it.
1: He <laughs> said He took credit in making Chloe a likable character over no he said it and i can't find it right now stupid internet i hate this i hate the internet uh for many different reasons <laughs> but this point exactly but uh it, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they alluded to something like it along those lines and maybe they have said it
0: specifically but along those lines i kind of get it and i and I, I get it from two sides i get why people think like oh no you didn't make them up her favorite i also understand why a lot of people like chloe because of this game as well Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm in, I'm in 50-50 territory here for it personally. um, But uh, let me rewind this conversation back to the yes. topic where it's like, before we start getting into the episodes and stuff, it's like, do you think they get an unfair rap?
1: Yes and no. Um... Okay.
0: That's, that's all I <laughs> wanted to know. Cause like, that's basically where I'm at personally. Like, I have no issue with deck nine realistically like this. Cause this reminds me a lot of my, my childhood when I was playing Call of Duty in the early days and especially mm. like during that modern warfare call of duty, World at War slash Black Ops face. Everyone everyone was either an Infinity Ward stand or they mm-hmm. were a Treyarch stand. And they still kind of do it with the rotational figures. I think Raven Software has been in there since and um
1: or even sledge sledgehammer Hammer too yeah
0: yeah sledgehammer so it's like people always be like oh it's like you know this person created the series of this person done it and then the other people like they were basically dealt a hand deck nine it was like the studio wanted to evolve and grow and look how how successful they've been since before storm like yes. they have obviously took the opportunity to do it again and another thing as well let me just kind of always preface this as well a lot of this comes down from the publisher as well like square enix retains the ip of it and i've I'm, I'm been very clear that I don't expect anything to ever be given to this channel from, from a publisher and the way that we speak about certain things. we, we I, I feel like you come to this podcast and you enjoy the fact that we don't accept free things from people. We don't get anything in return and we basically speak very clear opinions that maybe yes. you do or do not agree with, but you're basically getting, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, and there's a True Colors download code here at the bottom of the screen for you to kind of like go to a website. And, Ooh, thanks Square for a key code. And you might think we're being a bit spiteful and stuff, but I'm not. I have I've played the game, I bought it myself. I give you my mm-hmm. independent thoughts on it. Simple as it gets. But it's like with Square as well, I just know how Square's handled the series a lot where it's like executive decisions have been made. So maybe mm-hmm. that Square made a lot of the executive decisions on the on this game or made certain decisions, which Deck Nine were just basically like, okay, we'll have to do that. Mm-hmm. And and as we've spoken as well, if you've followed our podcast for a while, we've talked about the Yosuke Gilbert interview where he talks about the contracts with Don't Know. And they're like, yeah, yes. we, we didn't really agree with all the things that were in the contracts. But yeah. it's like, it's like, you just wish you could sit in a room with him quietly and be like, "Tell me what you feel." Like that's yeah, what it was exactly. like. It's like because like, we know what you're saying. It's like you're you're happy to work with them again, but it's mm-hmm. the but so like we want to hear what you feel about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, truthfully, I do think they get bad rep in certain places. I also get why people do it. They're passionate about series, you know, etc. Mm-hmm. I get I get that, but some things were like I was I was okay with some things being like cannot canonically a little bit differently or some things that are like changed in little ways. Cause it's just, it's just a different stamp of direction. Isn't it? It's like, it's like Star Wars episode four from Star Wars mm-hmm. episode five or six, or even the Abrams stuff as well. Like it's so different. It's a different director signature or something it might mm-hmm. be a franchise created by George Lucas, but now it's kind of spawned its own life because of this Disney sewage that they put on it. But you know, I'm a George Lucas stan all the way, yes. um, but I get it. I get it with mm. Deck night. so I get why they had bad rep. I I, I felt like um, Chris Floyd and uh, Where Pickers Go got a really bad rep for it in terms of like the way that some people were like, oh, you changed this, or you've done this, and they were the BTS code rep. But I thought BTS is a very good, strong game. Very much oh, enjoyed yeah. it. Like, it's, mm. it's, got, it's, got, it's got some of the best moments in the series. And we're talking about, even with the Don't games, well, it's got some of the best moments in the series and a, an Unreal soundtrack as well, like mm. unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll move on from this... Uh, this uh little Chloe Gate situation of fiasco that you brought yes home.
1: and we'll <laughs> leave it in comments tell me I'm right
0: <laughs> um, we will move into life is strange before the storm first yeah so 2017 this comes out in the summer I believe it was August I think the first episode launched remember yes. correctly on top of my so. head so three episodes and then obviously we got farewell afterwards let's kick off with just the first episode. Mm-hmm.
1: um of bts and then we like ranking just, these in terms of like what we would give it a score or ranking them in terms of our favorite i don't really get i don't really go that far <laughs> if
0: you really go that far deep into the the kind of thing. i think we use my favorite five point scale which is okay. also a 10 point scale essentially so you can do 0.5 across each one so you can go one 1.5 two, 2.5 three. it's a 10 point scale but in five form okay um, and we basically use as that um do you want me to start with episode one sure go for it so, yeah, this is this was a, an interesting setup in terms of how BTS came out, like the way that they presented the trailer. It was like, here's an E3 trailer. And then it's like, bang, it's coming out in August. And I was like, oh, actually, this is quite quick. And they obviously wanted to capitalize on the success of Life is Strange 1. Uh, Don't Know Team was making Life is Strange 2 in the meantime. So, obviously, it's like, you know, let's get another game out in between it. And they picked Chloe as the main choice. Three episodes. Um, do not like the three episode format. I've repeatedly said this before on podcasts. Um I think the example has been shown with uh, The Walking Dead Michonne, which was a very forgettable series. It was three episodes and it's very uh too condensed as well if you're gonna try and tell a story across episodic format. There's too much stuff, you need a bit more time, and you see it with this as well, with some of the episodes. But in terms of episode one of mm-hmm. BTS, which is called Awake, off the top mm-hmm. of my head.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Take um, a point on this.
0: I think it's Awake, Brave New World and Hell is Empty.
1: I'm pretty and sure, I'm sure you're right. I'm like very 90% good sure. Head.
0: If I get that right, I'd be very surprised because like I'm usually wrong. About 99% of the things. Um, Adam is doing the research. Here he goes. Doing all of Zach Garris history. but continue.
1: We'll kill you, dude. <laughs> um, awake, Brave New World and Hell is Empty. Yes. Oh, look at that. Perfect. Mm-hmm.
0: There we go. Yeah. So, yes. Oh, and I have thing. the
1: um, Metacritic scores right here, too oh lovely um
0: so uh we kick off things with the first episode i thought it was right really nice setup the way it starts up um in terms of being at the barn and we kind of get a full expose of chloe we have chloe in the main seat at this point no max we're prequel um a bit more time to explore these kind of characters um and then obviously very quick early introduction to rachel amber which is quite nice and really enjoyed rachel amber i've always spoken very highly of the character love the character. it's my favorite character Kylie Brown is just incredible. Like you could have got for me, you couldn't get a perfect more casting if you tried. Um, but generally speaking, it was it was an interesting take on the episode because like it goes well. It's a bit of a slow burner again, like you know, a little bit like the other episodes, but introductions. I can't really complain too much. Yeah. Um some great moments in it with the first episode. we get an introduction to other cast members, like, you know, uh Steph, Mikey, um, uh, Samantha, some fresh of the original Deck Nine character creations in Arcadia Bay that they made. Um, we get a, a very early expose of D&D as well mm-hmm. from that segment. We get Drew North, we get other characters, Drew North as well. Trey Hutch was on Life Up Strange, just quick plug as well if you want to go and watch that on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it was nice and I really enjoyed some of the moments. I love because it's like it, it captured how I felt about things, especially with the Rachel stuff. Like I love when you go into the like drama school with Mr. Keaton and, and Dana. And it's like, you know, she does that thing where she like does a little twirl and she winks at Chloe and then you get the kind of entire segment with the um, the train sequence where it's true, truth and lie. Really enjoyed that. I thought it was a really cool feature. Adds to the kind of personality of Rachel, exposes it a bit more. And generally speaking, the first episode I think is is fairly well paced. It's really good in terms of the acting. I think they capture certain essences of what Life is Strange is from what Don't Not games are. They also have their own kind of like flair on it in terms of what the deck nine kind of way of telling a story is. And generally yes. speaking, a very, a very good first episode, if I'm being honest with you. There's as I said, yeah. great moments like even the ending's great. Like the like, you know, the the harrowing daughter music, which is like for me on on probably know uh, bold claim to make almost very similar to the first Life of strange episode, where it ends with Sid as obstacles, like the entire montage, and then kind of like the end and settle piece is so good for Kylie's scream as well at the end of that was great. And then um also the other scenes as well in, the, in terms of the picnic as well where you know we we need mouth-to-mouth resuscitation and she's like oh, no, no. <laughs> it's like great great acting all the way around but it, it was good because like the fingers up for the expectation it was it fulfilled me with the first episode i really enjoyed yes. it but then obviously as we go on i had little issues outside pairing and i felt like when they kind of almost alluded to the fact that rachel might have powers it was like and then it's mm-hmm. like nah and it's like yeah you know, it's just the wind and stuff i'm like right
1: I'm, like, I'm like oh come on well... I mean, we never got really got an official answer. We just we just heard like, oh, no, she could, um, but yeah, I don't think she has powers. I'm I'm on team Rachel does not have powers. Yeah. I think it takes away. I think it takes away from just a little side note, a little sidestep. I think in terms of character development, as someone who likes to write a little bit, you know, I I teeter with it. Um, I think it takes away from her power as a character. So giving her power kind of takes away from the emotion she gets, like the power behind her emotions that affects others. Because if you give her a superpower, right, it's almost like a a, uh, deus machina, right? Where it's like, well, it's just the powers coming out. Where it's like, I think there's something a little bit more, um, a, a little bit more oomph to it. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to think of um, significance. There's a sort of yeah. significance to having a power with her charisma versus having a power with a power. So I don't think that giving Rachel powers necessarily makes a better story. I think it's better story that she had the the charisma that she had naturally, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm on team Rachel doesn't have any powers. In my opinion. Yes
0: yeah I, I agree with that in my uh, right opinion anyway <laughs> yeah generally yes. speaking the first episode is is fairly well paced like uh, the backtalk mechanic is, is a mm-hmm. good substitute for what they had like they obviously they can't work with a superpower because mac uh max isn't there and chloe doesn't have any superpowers so they had to go with the backtalk mechanic and it's it's a good idea it's a clever idea i think like for me in hindsight and as i've said to you before you've obviously now played it the ca- the council like the council's just like confrontation yes. mechanic is just so much better it's, it's more sophisticated oh, yeah and it's more advanced like, that's what you wanted the backtalk mechanic to be where it's like it's more kind of like there's more to it rather than just being like oh you know this kind of like pick a choice and it's like you know it, it just didn't have the same kind of feel and if you haven't played the Council, go and play it. it's an episodic game mm-hmm. made by a french developer called big bad wolf um bit buggy in places bit crazy towards the end of the story but like generally speaking yeah a very interesting take on episodic genre especially with like rpg elements but on terms of like the first, life, uh, first episode of BTS, I, I just enjoyed it. I had no expectations in terms of like, a massive expectation. It was kind of like, I'm expecting just a really good story, and I kind of got that, and it makes for me, it made Chloe a bit more kind of like, you know, I like I, I get why she's in this kind of position. You have exposés in terms of relationships with Joyce and uh, Dave Madsen and Chloe and Nathan, they're giving a bit more context. Victoria, like I would want, and uh, we'll talk about this a bit more in later episodes, I wanted more of like Victoria, for example, and Nathan. This is why I think like if you were out four or five episodes, you could explore these characters a bit more and made them like the characters that you basically springboard straight into Life is Strange One with. It's kinda of like their stories are a little bit like mm-hmm. here and there mishmashes. Um but generally speaking, enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Um for me, uh No. no what was your final ranking for it out of the four point five scale? Or five. I didn't scale? even say yeah. I was I was waiting for your falls first. Okay, I was about <laughs> to say I didn't think you said it, but I was just making sure. Yeah. No. Um but yeah, no, for me i definitely enjoyed uh before the storm uh episode one awake i thought it was more of a slow burn i think the character development was a little bit um a little bit too slow like it was more of a slow cooker rather than like a fire pan kind of like like this is what it is it was just more of slow pace these are who the characters are this is their motives, and it's like okay, that's great. Even on the train, when you're on the train with uh, Chloe and Rachel, that development is of more of a slow cooker in the right context, like the right yeah. context for a slow cooking uh, character development. That was it. Versus when you're in the bar, like you're, you're the first scene in the in the concert. That what, in my opinion, was a slow cooker kind of character development that wasn't necessary. There needs to be a flash pan kind of development there. Um, so I thought the um, I thought the pacing was a little bit off. I thought that it was hard to hard to win a newcomer over versus somebody who enjoys Life is Strange is already in. Um, but in terms of like all that, my my ranking for the you know, the 10-point scale, but in a 5. I'm going to give this one a 3.5, honestly. Like a 3.5 out of 5, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would probably be the same as well. I think 3.5 is a very respectful score for it. Um, I think it's a very... I think it's a good good episode to start with. I think it's just got... I, I, in hindsight, when you see in hindsight, it's like the, the complete picture makes it very different. Like yeah, if you recorded it, like if I already reviewed it at the time in the industry, probably like four or something. So I'd be like, oh, this is actually a good start. It's like a good introduction. But when you have hindsight, you're like, it map goes out this way. And it's like, you know, there was it was a bit slow in this part. And it kind of like, as you said, those slow cooker moments, there was really enjoyable moments. There's a big kind of like, the big withdrawal of the Max's rewind power really does affect the game. Because then it feels like a completely different game um, yes. in context. I mean I think that the game hasn't really ever even the series has never really caught back on since the max max phase of it, where it's like you have the rewind mechanic, even Life is Strange 2 felt a little bit um mm-hmm. uh a little bit choppy in parts because you just didn't have a power in terms of that you could physically control and alter the gameplay experience. And yes. um, it felt like a lot more of an interactive story in parts as well. Um, and this one did as well. First episode, it felt like a lot more interactive. Those scenes where you could basically have a bit of time, but you 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 back to become you basically g- g- a generic girl. Generic, generic yeah. girl in terms of like she has no powers. It's just you're just doing puzzles or you're doing something to fill in the gaps of things. Um, but generally speaking, as I said, enjoyed it. There's some really great moments. The acting was oh yeah, know, Chef's kiss. Um, soundtrack is is phenomenal. So great start for a series. If anything, Um you want to episode two.
1: Yeah, let's move on to episode two. You can start episode us two. off yeah
0: yeah this is one of the best moments in the entire series obviously oh yeah tempest,
1: mm-hmm. tempest. tempest. <laughs> glass breaking uh,
0: yeah yeah mm. it's 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 um it's divine this 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 episode i think this is personally for me the strongest episode out of the series um not including farewell so i not just the three episodes um i think this is probably the strongest because of just the tempest alone i think the tempest is like uh you know is, is is a memorable moment for a lot of people. I think it's just, that is Deck Nine's signature and obviously, because we have hindsight now as well and having the release of True Colors and the D&D segment they did and that they had, they had ample rooms to kind of like just project who who they are, what they did and obviously having spoken to some of the actors in this game and having spoken about like, you know, the kind of the technicality side of producing that as well. It, it's such a great, it's a great spectacle. It's a great yeah. kind of like um, addition to the series and it really, it, exact, you know, it, it personifies Rachel Amber, the character that we knew because we knew that she wanted to be a model and she was like the girl next door and everyone loved her. And she's like, you know, the really smart kid at school, etc. But this kind of like adds the detail of like, yeah, she is this character in, in The Tempest. She is this kind of like, you know, um, you know, like she is a, you know, a Hollywood actor, f- you know, an actor in the making, etc. Like she lives for the drama. That's why yeah. she lives for the drama kind of moment. Um, but no, like even outside the tempest, just generally speaking, a lot better in terms of pacing wise for me, if anything. I think obviously you have the introduction set that you can kind of start moving forward with it. Um and yeah, generally speaking, it, it was it was it was good. Like even, even the setup with the, the the lamppost as well, obviously the lamppost scene gives a lot of people what they want in this fandom, like, you know, and the kind of like building of that. And then the kind of like the dining scene as well, towards the end of the episode is like pretty, you know, it's like just like kylie brown driving power of like you know range mm-hmm. of acting um and yeah i, I really enjoyed it like I'm, I'm do you know what as well like the weird thing is like with are my, i'm still not sure how i feel about rihanna devries as chloe i just don't know how i feel about chloe in this game like, i'm just yeah. like i'm just it's just it's a, it's a really like it's a really tough pill to swallow like obviously we spoke about the sag after sag strikes and the actors change so chloe was just a it's a hard one isn't it it's like it's a really hard it's like it's like we were trying to make life this strange and it was a mm-hmm. remake or whatever else. And we took away Hannah Tell from Max Coffee. It was like...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. It's like, it's like, uh, like uh, to play Chloe, the, the reason why um, it's so... Um, it's so easy to mess up the National Anthem in, in America, right? Like, a lot of people are like, oh, they really botched the, the National Anthem. Is because the complexities of notes that go into the National Anthem in terms of singing, um, it's simple, but hit the wrong note and you've messed up the entire time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a harder song to sing, even though people think it's a very simple song to sing because everybody knows it uh, in America, at least. Um, Same thing with Rachel. Rachel is simple, but complex all at the same time in terms of uh, character development, story, background. Uh, She's simple, but complex all at once. So for somebody to play Chloe, right? Um, uh, you need to be the original, you know, so if somebody else coming into the, the mindset of Chloe, if you mess up a single note on Chloe, everybody thinks you botched it. When in reality, it's such a complex character to play, um, that i I think it comes off as, you know, mixed feelings, you know?
0: Yeah. It's it, like, I, I, as I said, like, I. I like Rihanna DeVries' performance, but it's, like, the, the I can only dream of, like, what it would have been, like, for Ashley Birch to have done this game. Then also with uh, Joachman as, uh, as William Price. Like, there's just, there's just like, because of the, the, how much ammunition they give them, those two characters in this game compared to the first game. It's, like, you just got, like, loads of time with them. And it's, like, you just want, you know, it's just a, but again, I get it. I get it as well. It's a different Chloe. It's a different time, et cetera. So you kind of, kind like, of get into sure. that mindset um but generally speaking like because i'm going to kind of like whilst we're doing this we'll move in through different topics and like different characters and stuff because i don't want to really just condense to certain episodes like this one where it's like we start seeing a bit more of the frank stuff and the the Damon the Damon storyline as well we see Damon um is it in this episode he beats up um drunoff yeah uh,
1: yes drunoff. yes yeah and he Then mike can drunoff. obviously be
0: yeah and, and, and mike is depending what happens Mikey can hurt his arm so there's, there's like there's nice i like the layers that they added in terms of the the, the even the three episodes that they had they had time to explore some other characters obviously like we have drew and um mikey and then obviously um we have a little bit again with like um victoria you know with the kind of like you know spiking the t kind of thing where she kind of like forever live, lives in rachel amber's shadow it kind of gives mm-hmm. you a bit of context in terms of why she doesn't like rachel amber going into the first life is strange why she kind of positions herself as the way that she does but that character needed just a bit more in terms of it. and same with um nathan as well and um uh, samantha's relationship i know that you were like samantha so it's like there, there was more there's more to it that relationship rather than just the way it ends as well in the next episodes, as we'll see it's like a little montage but um, yeah, there was, there was, there was like little bits. Um, I'm still not sold on Damon as a villain. I just don't really, no. <laughs> don't really rate him. And, uh, no. we'll address Elliot in the next episode because there's a lot to be said about Elliot.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but again, like it's, it's just a steady episode, episode two. It's like, I have no much, don't, not many problems with BTS. I have more issues of pacing the structure of it. The more time we could have had, the, the, the ending of the third episode. Um, but episode two in general, I think, as I said, I think this is the strongest episode out like of the three of them.
1: I think so. I, I agree. Um, with everything that you said, I think it's a strong episode. I think that it is the textbook def- definition of a climax in the episode yeah. uh, of the storyline. I, I think that's, uh we see everybody's motives pay off in terms of where they are in life. I think Rachel slamming down on the glass table, um, trying to understand what her life means and why she's being treated the way she is. I think that was a beautiful way to end things. Um, I, do, I do agree with you that Damon is not a good villain. However, we do see him at his peak worst. You know, I, yeah. I think we see him as a, a, a bad character, an, an awful human being. It's, it's the textbook definition of a climax. And yeah. with that, um while there are still some pacing issues, and I think that's because it's a three episode arc, so they yeah. have to stretch all this time out, I don't think it's their fault. I'm giving this episode Man, I'm between four and four point five, honestly. Because Yeah. Four like it's a it's like a four point two five in my opinion. But yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna I, choose one, I'm gonna give it a Dang, I am going to give it a a four. four. It, it, yeah, I am going to give it, it, it like, <laughs> a four.
0: Yeah, it's a strong four. Yeah, we can't, we can't do the four point five that I was giving out every. So it's like it's just yeah. it, it just lacks that extra bit of substance to it. Like this yes. is the thing we've like because it, it, this is like it's it's basically like this is episode three, Chaos Theory without having episode four, dark room and episode two out of time with it in between us. Yes. It. It's like almost going through episode one, three, five, if we take the first life is strange, you basically cut out two sections in between it where you can basically have a bit of a filler episode in terms of like the story where you can have extra kind of character development. You can have this, it just feels like it's kind of like, it's steady pacing like quite a lot through it. And then it's like, when we get to past the tempest up to um Rachel's house, it's like, Oh shit. It's like, you know, everything's hitting the fan again. It's like, i are yes. kind of like focusing on why Rachel feels the way she does, but it's like, and as you, you see in the third episode when we get into it like the opening way like you go and see rachel in the room and you see the bit of character development again um between chloe and rachel that's mm. kind of what you wanted with this uh episode a bit more it's like you have more interaction with it. you obviously you have the lamppost scene as i said that's really touching but as i said it just goes and it's like it's speeding all the way through because it's like it's shifting into the this is the penultimate episode essentially mad yeah we're only two episodes into this we're talking about this is the penultimate episode for the season so mm-hmm. I think like that's, for me, why it has to come to a 4. It can't be a 4.5, because it just doesn't have additional substance to kind of, like, take it to the next episode. This would have been, if it was episode 3, Chaos Furries Place, and then there's two more episodes around it, it would have been a 4.5 for me. I would have oh, yeah. happy to give it a 4.5, but I just think that there's, sure. there's just something lacking. But for me, it is the best series, episode in the series so far, um, aside mm. from Farewell,
1: obviously. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I guess you uh, you kind of gave away your ranking for Farewell just there. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: let's move to episode three. So this obviously now we're at the finale. Um, a lot to be said about this episode. Actually, I think this is all that I have more to say about than compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, the opening is very beautiful. I love the fact that you go and see Rachel in the room. You have the lights and you're setting up there, and it's got the music, daughter's music. again, like daughter's oh, just sem-. like that was just a, yes. You know, we went we went from Sid Matters to daughter. Like that was <laughs> this this game made me a daughter fan. I I'd never. Mad as it is, I know that Daughter's UK, but I've never heard of Daughter before this. And because of this, I, like, listen to Daughter, and they just have the soundtracks, I have everything. They, you know, thank you, Webb, uh, of Chris Floyd, Deck Nine, for introducing me to Daughter. I'm very grateful for that. As much as I'm with the Daughter team, introducing me to Sid Matters, absolutely
1: sure that you introduced me to those musicians. Um, Same thing with True Colors and um, uh, Novo More. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's some great, there's just great, like, selection of music and
0: musicians that they pick. But... A BTS episode three is is an interesting one. It's just the the way it's structured, the way it goes. There's like there's just certain things which have issues. Like I enjoy certain parts of the pacing at this point. Mm-hmm. I enjoy certain parts of it. It's like it's it's steady. Like in terms of like when you're at the in the junkyard and you get <clears> confronted <throat> by Damon, you get confronted by. Um, uh, Frank as well there, and it's kind of like shit hits the fan. You end up going to the hospital. I love when you go into the hospital. They kind of have that now that parallel we don't know where it's like uh, the Kate Marsh scenario where you have like an extra chapter included essentially. You, you you'll get it anyway, but regardless of the choice with off but it's kind of like there's a it's like it feels like a reference a little bit or like kind of like a, a sort of homage where you have like a a hospital scene with like interaction from the previous stuff. So it kind of ties in those characters. It gives like a bit mm-hmm. more time to again to staff uh, Mikey drew, uh, drew I enjoy that. But then there's just like other things that I don't like about this episode. Like the, the, the Elliot storyline, like just leave me alone.
1: Man. Yeah. He did not, honestly. did not like pay that. Off. No, it does really not. Didn't. It
0: doesn't achieve anything. No, it just doesn't. No. It, it feels like, it feels like someone was in the, in, in, the, it feels like someone in the writing room was kind of like just like, let's do a stalker angle because like we can talk about in a in a topical sense where it's like this guy's like creeping this girl out and we're just doing this story. I it just didn't give anything to the story. Like he, he's just lingering there. He's like he's like he's the he's like a poor man's Warren. Like at least with Warren, he added a bit more to to Max's story. Like he was still a love interest, but not as creepy as Elliot, like Elliot's just like, oh, I don't know, Chloe, like, why are you like me? It's like, we're yeah. in this in this girl's house. It's like, what are you doing here? It's like, just fuck off, man. It's like, we don't want you here, honestly. But he, I, I just, he just doesn't add anything to the story. This is the thing, uh, um,
1: and by the way, as he well, adds another stop... backtalk um, gameplay, like, that's what yeah. he adds. He adds another back, that's talk. his service, yeah. yeah. I
0: agree with you, actually. That's the perfect way of putting it. He is basically a, a backtalk confrontation yeah well, he's another and, game
1: mechanic that's all he is and
0: and what annoys me about this as well like as he said with the council but with the council as well like when i talk about confrontations it's basically a mechanic where you 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 come up against another figure and then you have like loads of choice it's kind of similar to backtalk you have choices but then you can use the rpg elements So you have like if you have a certain set of skills you might unlock a secret way of like mm-hmm. fighting back in terms of a verbal kind of confrontation and they have repercussions and it felt significant but like if they were going to do anything, they could have even jazzed it up and made Elliot, quote-unquote, the final boss, where he's like mm-hmm. a more more significant back talk mechanic, where they even evolve it. Do you know a bit more? Where it's like they have those kind of like, if you picked up on something earlier in the game on Elliot, then you could use it against him in a dialogue choice, made him a little bit more kind of meatier. And if you wanted to make that a bigger thing, then maybe it could have worked. Maybe that could have been the payoff where he's basically, not necessarily a historian involvement to Chloe, but he's basically the bigger villain in terms of the confrontation system that they have, the back talk system in that. I um, agree. So that would have been fine. So I'm not too bad for that. Then it kind of like goes into the game a bit more. We dragged the kind of like the Sarah storyline in it with um, Rachel's biological mother, Damon, again. He, uh, I just don't believe Damon. Like, do you know what, as well, the worst part is did the interview that I did with, um, with uh, Trey Hodge, <laughs> who was Drew North voice actor. He's like, he's like, look at Drew North. He's like, he would butter Damon. I'm like, yeah, actually, yes. the more that you said it now... I, this guy yeah. should be, like, absolutely getting slapped about by Frank right now. Obviously, we know what Frank does and, like, you know, that kind of, like, thing.
1: Yeah, Frank that and Damon of... is a more fair fight. But yeah. Drew, and then, and again, if you haven't watched Adnan's uh, interview with uh, Trey Hutch, Trey made some great points. He did not like the way Drew's story ended. But first and foremost, like, what you said... He would absolutely like scrape the floor with Damon's white ass. <laughs> like he he is just like the skinny white dude, and Drew North is jacked. Like he is on the football <laughs> squad. He's he's taking he's taking roids. Let, let's let's be reasonable here. He's taking something. Um, th- this dude is like has a lot of rage in him, and he's younger than Damon. Like he's a lot younger. So in terms of like an actual street fight, oh my! Like in a defense, <laughs> Drew would actually like scrape the Wipe floor him out. look at him.
0: it's like a tank you're like knocking through the dormitory
1: door yeah <laughs> like take him out there there are ways where and again being from Philadelphia I've seen a fair amount of street fights there are you know on the only occasion where like those two builds like the skinny person can take on like there's a chance but 9 out of 10 times uh the size of Drew versus the size of Damon in a street fight yeah you're Damon's done like he's done. Yeah,
0: he's yeah he's getting dusted from it, and it's like the entire like setup of that with like Sarah um and the drugs kind of thing, the the Damon storyline. Mm-hmm. If I'm correct as well, I feel like my mind is so like goldfish. He does inject her with drugs, right? Uh,
1: wait with the uh with the drugs that he's selling. Yeah, Um, yeah, it can be injected. Um, no no but what I mean is there's, when he has Sarah and he's captured um, Rachel's mom oh yes, he, yes, yes he does inject her yes
0: yeah and it's like it's like you know I'm like, I'm like that's a, obviously a tough watch to, tough scene to watch in terms mm-hmm. of like you know it's difficult but that scene felt like it dragged on a little bit Do you know the entire like the this that kind of like moment
1: that it was a like, James is, Bond villain like monologue, it really was you know, like it? it's like when I take over the planet Earth, and it's like, yeah. okay, dude, like, like you are a you're a drug like, lord, you're not a James Bond villain, like, come on, like that, that entire like section there,
0: and then even with Damon and um Frank, it's just like feels like again, nowhere near as good as um Dave Madsen versus uh Jefferson, like that entire opening sequence that we talked about that. In episode five, where they're fighting, it's like it just doesn't have the same "mm" yes to it, you know.
1: Same uh, emphasis, yes, yeah. Mm.
0: By the way, can we just admire that? I was like, so much, Dave, he's he's got a gun. It's like, yeah, Max, I'm going,
1: (laughs) yeah. I know, I was just like, oh my god, like it's so (laughs) bizarre, my guy.
0: (laughs) I can't stop laughing at it. We're not even talking about it, but as soon as I messed Dave and Jefferson, that fight, it's like so. Like, Dave Madsen should hold his head down in shame, like, my God. It's like, you should take him out. It's like, David, he's got a gun. I'm on yeah, a max. on like, a max.
1: It's like, oh my <laughs> God, dude. It's so frustrating to play all that. It's so absolutely uh, frustrating. Um, But generally speaking,
0: like, even when we get through the episode, it's a it, it's a bit of an uneven episode for me personally. It's like this, dirt, 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 like up and down. If you don't watch the video version, come to YouTube, watch it, you'll see me do my hand movements. It's like an up and down like you know, moment where it's like you know we have the Elliot thing. It's a bit slower, and it's like you know this is happening and that's happening, and it's like, and I'm like trivializing a little bit. It's just it's up and down at t- certain times, and obviously yes. you get towards the end as well, and you can tell like the Rachel, the truth about her mum and stuff, which is I feel like is a fine choice as well. Again, like these aren't these aren't like that can't that that choice will never be as big as you choose the bay or the bay. Like that's just, right. It, this is where this is where bts has its own detriments where it falls down because it's like you're basically taking the big choice out of it so it's like there's no for me real big choice in this game ever Mm. Like there's like little minor choices like you know do you take the money do you not take the money um do you give the money to someone do you not give the money um do you tell rachel or not it's they're just like they're just you know the kind of average choices i'd expect in a game there's no kind of like punching line at the end of it it's not like you know <laughs> it's not that like the last scene is basically you choose to give Rachel's mom an overdose completely or not. Yeah. Like that's like, that's a more significant one considering we had episode three in the first life of it's strange where It's like, do you euthanize your friend or not? It's like, it's like, yeah. oh, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, this is only episode three and that's happening. Um, so I'm pretty content with that. And then obviously you get the montage at the end. Didn't like the ending. I've always held it very much as well. I've always said this as well. That ending mm. really rubs me the wrong way. Like it's a nice little montage things. I just think yeah. the Jefferson thing was a little bit, It. we know what happens. We know the characters. It just doesn't fit with the tone of the game. I sure. think like I've always had my own revisionist kind of thing where they should have had Jefferson as a character who appears. They should have just basically gone, you want? they're like having the Hulk thing and they do the photo shoot and they're like really enjoying and like, chloe and rachel and like thinking it should just basically bang and it goes black screen and it goes like x amount of years later and it fast forwards and it does a real-time cutscene where it's chloe from life is strange one putting up the flyers and stuff like that around arcadia bay putting around that would have been good um, that would have yeah, been putting, great put, putting them up at blackwell i would even find it quite nice if they had like a little reference mm-hmm. where it shows like car driving in the background and it has max in it with her mom and it kind of like shows that like, there's like we're mm-hmm. setting up for first life is strange she's got her head down kind of she's like, like um, putting these
1: how um in true colors, the end of, um, uh, Wavelengths, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I mean. Like, so we'll get on that as well. Cause Wavelengths is ending
0: is very, I like it now, considering all things as well. I, I like mm-hmm. the, the setup that is the kind of thing, but like that's happening. And then obviously I feel like she's like mumbling, blah, blah, Chloe. And then she, if she like bumped into Jefferson, she didn't realize it, she just bumps into someone, drops all these flyers. And then she's starts like, picking them up. And this guy likes holding one, like gives it back to her. And mm-hmm. then she walks away and then the camera pans up and it's Jefferson's face. And we're like yes holy shit we don't even, we don't even talk so you don't even get actor from it's just like you get that yeah. kind of like ah oh, fuck. it's like that's yeah. that's you know we know we know we know what's happening it kind of adds that little thing in itself maybe i know why they didn't do it in case someone hadn't played sure the first life is strange because even if you play bts first and then play life is strange one you still don't know who is taking the picture of the dark room so yeah maybe there's a reason why they did that but personally the ending has never really rubbed me the right way that i just don't know why it is i just don't know what it is with that ending it's like yeah <laughs> i wish it would I, I, it just it, as i said this is the thing though with that episode like i don't know if i've been rambling more if anything during this but it's like that's the thing and we, I, we haven't even talked about uh, the nathan samantha thing where that ends i'm like that's yeah. why it, it needed more man it's like if if that would have happened even if it would be like even if it's not my just my revisionist ending like you have this kind of scene where you see like, Jefferson extend his hand to Nathan or something and, like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit. It's like, you kind of see the grooming early on and you kind of see, like, a, a scene where you see Victoria walk past with the Vortex cr- crew slash her little cronies and it's like, then it adds it adds that extra legs. because it feels like the the br- there's, like, a little bit of a bridge that's not been gapped there. Yeah, It feels like we just got a montage and it's, like, it's, it's filling certain endings and fill- certain scenes and certain story arcs, but mm-hmm. there was just a little bit extra I could have wanted, but that's how I felt in episode three.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, so for 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 me personally, the the ending never really paid off, and that's what really drives the, the nail forward. There's a difference between ending a series um, without satisfaction and without things paying off in the end. Yeah. Um, it's hard to end, land a plane. It really is. It's hard to land a plane of a storyline. It really is. Like, And there's sometimes where you don't land it in the right way and it kind of feels anticlimactic. If I said that right, anticlimactic, yes. whatever. Um, there's a difference between that and there's a difference between nothing really paid off. What are we really doing here? You know? Yeah. Like nothing really actually happened, which is why people were upset in Mass Effect 3 because nothing really yeah. was a payoff. Like it just kind of was. Um, but with episode three, and I think that was a big issue is that nothing really paid off. Like you said, like with Nathan, Samantha, that didn't really pay off in the end with Elliot didn't really pay off with Damon as a, as a character, drew North as a character. It's just like, nothing's really paying off. It was more of like a Seinfeld episode where it's like nothing really was answered. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, because what I don't want to talk to you because I've, I've talked enough, but what you said it there, it's like with Damon as well. And we see like Frank mm-hmm. doing the kind of like the digging and stuff. I agree with you because like the payoff isn't worth it because in, in Life is Strange 1, Damon doesn't exist because mm-hmm. obviously we're, we're talking about prequel here. So it doesn't give you any extra reference to it. And then with like Frank, we don't have like a couple more minutes where it's just him being like ranging like, like kind of like an angry guy or something during yes. that scene or something, just kind of show that there's an early transformation to the character we're going to get used to in the first Life is Strange, because he's very different in BTS. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you said that, it's like, those payoffs are not there. It's like, obviously Ellie gets written off, so it's like, no one's ever mentioned Ellie. again. it's kind of like, what's the point of him being here? It's yes. like, this is why... Oh, no, actually, go on, continue. I'm going to let you work
1: on it. No, that, and that's what I mean, though. It's like, it's not really a good payoff in the end. It just kind of yeah. leaves you not even wanting more, but just kind of leaving you feeling like, what did it all matter? Like Rachel never met her mom. Like her mom was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go now. And and Chloe's like, but why? It's like, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go now. Right now. I've decided me, 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 Rachel's mom. I decided I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. Don't tell Rachel I'm I'm around because, um, just don't. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And then you get back to the hospital and it's like, do you tell her the truth? That her dad really paid her off, or do you leave her in bliss? But, 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 and nothing, it, no matter what choice you make, it doesn't actually matter. No. Like, it doesn't no. matter in the end because the, the result going into Life is Strange one, uh, like it's kind of like it, it is what it is. Um, so I just think that episode three with very little payoff and even at the last choice doesn't really actually even in life Strange one when it came down to the two choices those choices mm-hmm. mattered like it mattered yeah. like it mattered in terms of like where the story will go and how you end things off and where is max in terms of her uh personality um this one is just kind of like nah okay so she knows the truth that her dad's a dick or she doesn't know the truth that her dad's a dick and yeah there we go um so I'd say from there, I would give this uh three, maybe.
0: Yeah, it would be about a three. It'd be like yeah. three or three point five, I'd probably say like three, because it's like as I said, like there's just there's meat in the episode in certain places respects, and there's some really enjoyable scenes, some great dialogue, great acting. Like That's just substantially runs throughout most of it, if anything. But this is the problem that I have, and I've always said this since very much since BTS came out, I want it to be five episodes. Like, I wanted deck, um, Square and to conviction with this, basically, where they were like, right, deck, don't know it's going to go and do this game, Life is Strange to you, do whatever, let's capitalize on Mac, Max and Chloe a bit more, let's do a direct sequel if we need to, and we'll just do it from this other studio and get five episodes in, or let's just do a Chloe story and let's do it five episodes, might as well, we've got plenty yeah. of time here, ample timing, let's just do five episodes. because obviously, mm-hmm. we learn about Farewell later on and we move on to that next anyway, but, we learn about that later on. It's like, why don't you just do five episodes? It would have made more sense in season structure. Like, I just, there's no three episode series I've ever seen in this in this episodic format co- co- uh, format that we used to play in that did any good with it. Even Michonne was like this when you played it. I didn't like Michonne anyway, but the yes. pacing by the time you got to the, the third episode, I was like, where, where are we? It's like, we the end like, of no, yeah, last episode. Honestly. And, it, and it feels like with this one, it's like, there's just, I would have wanted to spend more time with Chloe. Where we were getting, even even there should be like a just sort of episode where it's like it's a car scene where it's just in the car with, with William Price and Chloe driving. Those were so great. Those are yes. some great moments that they produced in the series Dead Night. But it's like there's just substantial meat missing off the bone here a little bit. It's like it's mm-hmm. like you got a really great appetizer from this but it's like you're left wanting. And like that's mm-hmm. the issue with this kind of game. This is why I don't have a huge I, that's why I'm like when we st- when I preface this conversation off to start with, where I said like, does Deck Nine get a bad rep? Because that's that's my issue with this. I don't give Deck Nine a bad rep because of like all the other things where it's like, oh, sure. it make Chloe more likable, Likeable <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah. made it more likable, or oh, they made a, a continuity error. So that doesn't bother me. Every series goes through that, and it's like I'm not, as I said to people before, there are more die hardcore fans in the series than me. I I just mm. like talking about it and want you here to talk about it with me. Um, yeah, but. Like, that's the thing with um, Life is Strange before it's not, it just lacked the extra bit of storytelling, you know, that little bit of an extra Deck Nine storytelling that they wanted to tell and, like, mm-hmm. explore this character. They introduced these characters like Steph and Drew and, like, their own original characters and creations, and then it's kind of like, poof, it's gone. It's like, yeah. even with Samantha Mice, she's poof, she's gone, disappears, it's like, hang on a minute.
1: Yeah, it's just but- like, nothing happens.
0: Yeah, because, like, there could have been, like, twists in here. I want them to do, like, twists in there. Like, even with the kind of the Frank-Rachel dynamic, I would have loved to, to have them for them to have made it out to be that Rachel isn't the the cheating woman, girl, blah, blah, that people expect it to be. That relationship wasn't the way that you expect it. It's just being told through Frank's perspective of how much he thinks Rachel means to her. They barely interact in the yeah. story. Do they not? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm being serious. I, I can't remember, like, them showing that kind of, like, chemistry. It's like, ooh, you know, this is... You know, yeah, she's interested. In it. It's like what? It makes no sense even more now when you look at it. It's like why is she interested in him? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like wait a minute, what? And it's like that's the thing that I was missing with that. but you know, those kind of like little ties that you can have with characters. Like it's like it's explaining yeah. a little bit more, and you kind of throw this twist. I would have even seen a twist where they made Samantha one of Nathan's first victims in the dark room.
1: Sure, sure. Bum, like bum, there's bums, a, at least like, had some payoff. At least something. Yeah. Like, payoff as horrible as thing. it is, it's just at least there's some payoff, you know? Yeah. But there, there's nothing. For me, I, I think it, in terms of if we take in across
0: everything, books, mm. films, TV, music, anything, nothing is more disappointing when there's no payoff to it.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: even if it's a, it's a subpar thing, if you have no payoff to it, mm-hmm. there's, what's the point? Like, yeah. that's why I've always had this kind of thing with the journey that I always say. Like, when I played the first God, uh, 2018 God of War, I play a Metal Gear game or a Life is Strange game. There's a payoff there. That you're going on a journey with this character. This character has an ending. And the ending, we always say, is difficult, but there's a payoff to that journey. It's like, look at Max's story. Max's story about transformation, a coming-of-age mm-hmm. story, a, a girl turning into a young woman accepting who's, what her choices are, her consequences. God of War has its, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it has its own kind of like um story in terms of like we have a payoff. We have this with Metal Gear, we have it with Gears of War, we have it all kind of games. But with BTS, it lacks it with both, I think for me personally, it lacks it with both Chloe and Rachel. Yeah. There's no there's no substantial payoff to, t- to say, oh, this character's like this because of this or it has this. Like it feels like it's just kind of like you like Chloe a bit more now because you kind of understand her. Mm-hmm relationship with rachel and you also understand that she's kind of like going through this grief with her mom and dad uh with her with her dad's death sorry and then it's like not many characters get it really i think like if i'm going off the top of my head probably the only one is really dave madsen if anything we kind of give a lot more weight to dave madsen where it shows him trying with sure. chloe and yeah it's like, and, it, and it shows the evolution of his story with, with joyce as well in there but other characters, characters kind of like it's just like you're kind of like left wanting a little bit aren't you yeah, like, that's 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 my, my issue with BTS because by the time we get to episode three, we finish it, and I really like BTS. By the way, I need to reference it. I really like BTS; it's mm-hmm. really really enjoyable. thoroughly enjoyed it, but it's like it's just it's got it's me off the bone, and it's like yeah. I'm I'm missing that extra little bit that makes me feel like oh I can push this up to a four, four or point mm-hmm. or five, or five, whatever. It's just lacks that, and I think when we when we talk about true colors and. For context, as well, just to quickly say this, because we 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 spoke off it, and you'll see an edit in this podcast. We're moving oh, yeah. True Colors into a separate episode because we've obviously gone on for a while as well. I mean, Adam decided we'll 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 take Jace's topic and we'll use True Colors as a separate one because me and Adam have a lot to say about True Colors. Like yeah. it's always been a topic conversation with True Colors, and I think breaking out each chapter because um, I said to Adam we'll review the full thing, but it's like instead we'll we'll review as Jace wants, like each chapter with wavelengths because that's five chapters mm-hmm. with wavelengths, and I think. Considering how news and stuff is going, well, with it, Waveblaze probably... it's
1: six chapters.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So it's it's, it's that's, yeah. that, that's perfect for an, for a topic. So obviously, with the news and stuff, we can just move it into a, a future episode. So, mm-hmm. Jace, we'll hold on to that. So just to clarify before, because obviously I said we'll do both True Colors and BTS. We're just going to do BTS at the minute. Um but in terms of BTS, though, like, that's that's the thing. Like, when you look at True Colors and just compare it, True Colors feels more complete. Like, there's payoffs in that. Like, even mm. Alex's story is a payoff. Depending on the endings, and stuff, it's still a payoff. You get her yeah. story. You get a payoff for Han Soto's, um, Gabe's, <laughs> Gabe's character, um, you know, story arc. You get a payoff for that. You get a payoff for Steph being in, in Haven Spring, especially more so with Wavelengths. It pays off what her, her relationship with Alex is and why like, she feels the way that she does, and it's building up to all kinds of like little things. So I think like there's more payoffs in that. It's like there was more freedom for that. They had five chapters, for example. Even if you take the five chapters away and put them in five episodes, true colours, it feels more like, oh, we can explore this person. We can explore this person. We can explore this person. Then more time with characters. This didn't. And this is this summed up what episode three was. It was like, we're going Chloe and Rachel again. Da, 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 da. And it's like, and what did we get from this completely? To be yeah. honest, like I, I personally took away from BTS where it's like I got time to spend with Rachel Amber and like Rachel Amber just like for some, put herself as my favorite character at that point. I feel like they really encapsulate that well. But then other than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just there's absolutely no payoff. Even Seinfeld, a series where it's all about nothing, right? <laughs> that had a payoff. Like yeah. whether or not people agreed with that payoff or not, like the end episode without giving any spoilers at least with all their shenanigans it all paid off in the end yeah. something that a show is about nothing like literally that's what it's about it's about nothing had a payoff and this just didn't um so that's why i give episode three yeah. probably a three you know everything has to
0: have a payoff like you can yeah. have the worst experience in the world and then it gets the payoff it's like actually this was worth it it's yeah like, fair enough then you can get you, you can that four days it can be really mundane but if it's a payoff at the end you're mm-hmm. like okay I took something really away from this and that that's, that's more than enough. But yeah, as you said, I think for me would be probably a three. I think it's yes. the, the weakest out of the three episodes so far. That's the weakest episode. Two is the best episode. One is, a is, is, is a is second out of the three of them. Um, so we'll move on to so obviously farewell. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think we'll just do a full season review, spread the arts, and then we'll finish it off here and then we'll move true colors into a separate one because there's plenty mm-hmm. to talk about that.
1: Um, Farewell. You want yes. this? Uh, do you want to start it? I've talked a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, Farewell. I think was a welcomed uh, mix into it, especially with the original voice actors coming back into it. I think it was. It was one of the best purchased DLCs I've ever I've ever made in my entire life. In terms of like mm-hmm. DLC, the value behind it and the value it gave. I think that True Colors... Um, uh, true Colors. I think that <laughs> Farewell from Before the Storm was a really well-received DLC. Uh, in terms of all that we thought about with Before the Storm, in terms of what, what it should be, a good prequel, right? I think Farewell made up for having things that are not uh, paid off, but also on the same light, the argument that a prequel can still be good even though yeah. you know what the end is going to be that a prequel still can be great because yeah. even though you knew what the story was you didn't really know it was that day for one they were wearing yeah. two different outfits in cur- in terms of like where the day was in life is strange one versus in farewell they were wearing <laughs> completely different outfits but that's that's not the argument right now that's just the it's not the argument uh that is an artist argument but yeah you didn't know it was that day like playing it through you really didn't know um and that and that was just the beauty behind it It it's just like oh my god it ended like that and then that's when he realized this is the prequel to one of the episodes in life is strange so i think it was a i think there was a lot of unnecessary puzzles within farewell (laughs) i think it kind of um Milks the runtime a little bit with some of like, like, especially in the attic, the attic, it was just unnecessary. Let's put it, you know, so good for them for, for making good puzzles in a game. It's not hard. I mean, it's not easy to write out game puzzles. So a, applause for that. But at the same time, it was, wasn't necessary for the resources that they had. Um, but I think it paid off, and I think it, it was the argument that, yeah, Before the Storm wasn't a good prequel, but Farewell, within Before the Storm, Farewell was a great prequel, and it gives the argument that prequels still can be great. Uh, so with all that being said, I am... well. Wait. Since, yeah, I was about to say, yes, wait. I'm, 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 I'm used to giving yeah. mine now, so <laughs> autopilot.
0: Um, so I think, yeah, what you said was quite right on, like, a lot of points. I think, like, the puzzles we should reference, this is almost like... But the Life is Strange series, it's almost like Resident evil I where it's like Resident Evil has, like, such difficult puzzles in its, like, previous installments. It's so difficult. Like, Life is Strange puzzles are just so hard and just, like, painful yes. at times. Like, and it's just not It's not a puzzle game. It's just, like, the puzzles are filling in gameplay experience, essentially. As I said, like, it's just it's a, more or less an interactive game, episodic games, in this kind of f- format. And, like... The, um, the puzzles are, like, are, are hit and miss at times, like, and they're painful print across, like, a lot of them, some of them. Like, you know, the bottle scenes and then, especially with this one, this is, like, puzzle-heavy as well. So I agree with you a lot. I also agree with you a bit that this is one of the best-paid DLCs you can get. This is, like, for me in the same the same bracket uh, as Minevera's Den from Bioshock 2. Like, I I rave about it. I love Farewell. Um, but in terms of the story, I think, like, maybe, maybe... And it might just be mm-hmm. a continuity area that they did. Maybe they changed the clothes on purpose just because they did not want you to clock on very early.
1: That yeah.
0: Is, that is the ending. I guess so.
1: And, it's kind of like one of those things. like, it's an artist direction. It's not really. Yeah. It's a nitpick. It's not really a criticism. It's kind of like, well, actually, you know, yeah. kind of one of those things. Like, <laughs> just, it's it doesn't really matter. But it's just like yeah. one of those like, actually. So <laughs> one of those, like, doesn't matter. I'm not giving yeah, it a... like, I'm not taking away the score because of the clothes. No, no, no.
0: I completely agree with you. And I, I think like, like, you know, obviously you should do your, you, you do your research. You should make it as similar as possible. I think if it's not a, if it's not obviously like, you know, an actual mistake that they made where they, they should have made it, then maybe they just did it on purpose because they want you not to realize, as you said, what the ending is, whereas mm. like it's set up for this, this day. So maybe it was that, maybe just have a, as a theory in mind. Um, but generally speaking yeah it's great it's, it's so great like obviously everyone wants, oh yeah ashley burge came back obviously this was kind of like the 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 sag strikes that kind of like started to cool down we had a very um small reference from jock in there he was william price's actor from the first life of strange has the audio and there briefly um obviously hannah tells back you know it's max caulfield it's chloe price it's, it's 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 like i think like this kind of like captured people's hearts a little bit where they kind of wanted a life of strange prequel set just even like very early like you know just even a little bit slightly before the events of life is strange one where it's like they had max and chloe together or they wanted a essentially a direct sequel it's Like it gave them more max and chloe which i think like for me personally i think is one of the biggest mistakes that square enix made in terms of from mm. a publisher's position not what donod wanted to do but from a publisher's position to capitalize on two characters they could have made three games out of them and it easily yes. like made a money off it and and i, I always say this is a laugh because i love final Fantasy. And, Square Enix has made it with, like, Lightning, for example, with FF13, FF13 is not really liked by a lot of people, but they, they stuck with Lightning for free games, and they just made a pig's dinner for a lot of people. For me, personally, again, like, FF13, like, some of the, the future installments, but it wasn't the one. It's like, when you have a Cloud Strike, you make a trilogy about him, like they do it now. It's like, when you have a Max Caulfield, you want to make more games on it, because it's like, you have the opportunity, that's rare opportunity to kind of get the success that you did with the first Life is Strange, and you can make another game on it. So... It felt like Farewell was the satisfying kind of like prequel, which a lot of the fans wanted. I I kind of saw it with both sides where people from even the ones who didn't really like BTS were actually enjoying playing as these two. But yeah, it just felt like it was innocence, wasn't it? It's pure innocence, this entire Mm -hmm. part of it. It gives you a fresh perspective on the kind of the early relationship Max and Chloe had, even beyond episode three's kind of like rewinding moment where you go into the past. It just gave you more expanding kind of uh, depth on it. And then it's obviously like, as you said, the ending's kind of like... of farewell yes. and it's like that's kind of like that's the kind yes. of that punches more as a prequel ending compared to like um the ending for episode three where it's like the 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 montage thing with uh um, the room thing it's kind of like this this punches a little bit more and i'm like yeah this is like, that was actually kind of like good setup that you gave it mm-hmm. a, a lot It's a lot nicely paced it's just as i said it just feels like an innocent experience it's nothing over the top you're in the house you're just doing little puzzles um difficult you know a bit challenging sometimes like even now sure. so like Jesus Christ um, yeah but generally speaking, yeah, really enjoyed it. It's, it's really good. It's really good, um, and probably you know it would be like a four point five.
1: I was about to give it a four It's not necessarily a five, no. It's up there though. I'm gonna give this. Yeah. I was about to say I'm gonna give this a four point five out yeah. of five. I, mm.
0: In 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 the terms of the series and the full, it's it's yes. the best in terms of like that because yes. it's it's pure nostalgia and it's like everyone loves this. I live in nostalgia. I'm a n- millennial, you know pure nostalgia it's got everything you wanted in there it could have just been a bit more there was obviously room and stuff to do it but it's like again you're limiting things because you're playing as two young kids so you can't really have max's Mm -hmm. rewind power for example that's gone and it's like off the top man there's no backtalk in it is there nope not 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 in farewell so there you go you lose the other core mechanic you tried to introduce so it's basically just standard gameplay slash it's a standard uh, walking
1: simulator yeah essentially
0: yeah and there's nothing wrong with walking simulator i love Gone no. home for example like there's no issue with walking simulator but it's like you miss that this is where the series like really has that that difficulty since the rewind mechanics like something that's really defined the experience in a different way and true colors you could make an argument for it did it with that i think like it really did have its own it had its opportunity with the empathy power but still again it's not as meaty as just like do rewinding time like doing all these kind of changing choices and how it can kind of like change like little puzzles and solutions and stuff, but generally speaking, I think it kind of like made people feel happy. And it was kind of like for me now in hindsight, twenty twenty three. It was like almost like perfect sign off for Hannah Tell and like Ashley. Birch oh yeah. Like, See you later, bye. And we're for done. We're sure. we wrapped out, and it's like th- that's it. Um, but yeah, very strong. So before we move and spread the arts, well, I think we should review it as a season. In- personally, what would you score
1: it? You know, I'm in between. Yeah, So if it wasn't for Farewell being in this series, it's a 3.5. If it wasn't for Farewell, it's a 3.5. I still have very fond memories of Before the Storm. I still love it. I still have the vinyl of the daughter soundtrack. I think it's a great series. That doesn't stop me from objectively saying that it's a 3.5. However, with Farewell being in this series, technically, uh, as a prequel... You know, and I think Farewell is meant to be there to make Before the Storm even better. Uh, if, if Before the Storm is the chicken, uh, Farewell is the salt and pepper. You know, it gives it flavor. It gives it depth. It gives it actual, like, process. But with that, I, I'm going to give it a four because of Farewell.
0: This it's so funny that you made the comment before. It's like you want a two point two five or a three point seven five. I'm in that territory. It's like I love yes. like a three point one seven five. Like I'm, I'm so same. Like, same. It's like it's like it's it's in the middle of it. It's like it's the same with that. I think it's probably a three point five. It's a solid. Yeah. It's a solid episodic series. Like compared to this was at the height of all those episodic runs, all the Telltale games, the Don't Nod games, etc., where they are really capitalizing on it. And it's it's more substantially better than obviously Michonne. <laughs> really yes. rate Michonne at all? But it's like it just it's missing parts to it like even farewell farewell wasn't even planned like like in terms of like part of the three episodes that you started with so it's like if it was just the three episodes it probably would have fallen on a free because it's like the episodes are too hit and miss and mm-hmm. the pacing isn't given time the story isn't like look for what web pickers girl uh, chris floyd did for the the code direction it was great like there was some great iconic moments like not even the don't on team created it's like they are now part of the life of strange series like the tempest yes. You know, the, the, the train car sequence, True Truth and a Lie, great scenes in that. The acting sure. is great, even especially Kelly Brown. Kelly Brown's great in it. Rihanna agrees, give her full credit, give credit to the actors who came in for the saga replacements. Like, they all had to step up in their own positions. They were all expectations. They did really well for what they had. And even, like, the writing is good in places, but it's just, like, there's just, like, un you know, unfortunate payoffs that aren't made. There's just kind of, like, substantial kind of storylines that could have been expanded, A bit more length to it, a bit more meat to it, a bit more kind of like expanding on this storyline, giving a payoff here, maybe throwing a bit of a twist in here, maybe making, giving Deck Nine a bit more of a bold kind of like direction with it. Not even like giving Rachel Powell, but like as I said, like those little things where it's like the Rachel and um, Frank relationship isn't exactly what you think it is. It's just a perspective you've been seeing it from or this person's story. Just again, those are the kind of like little issues I had with it. So personally speaking, would be a 3.5 overall
1: yes i agree um the, like i said the only reason i'll we'll give it a four is for farewell but even then it's kind of like yeah you know i yeah. still question it you know
0: yeah like farewell would drag it up in terms of the score along yes. with, with episode two but it's like the other two are like a good okay substantial episode. so as i said i think it's a good series so far but yeah um jace thank you for the topic suggestion as i said we'll move life is strange true colors into a separate one and we'll carry over for your idea as well i think because of this, we'll go into like two and a half hours otherwise. Um, yeah. And I think it's better we focus on each chapter in Trueculls as well. Because there's a lot to say about Trueculls, as I've always said. Uh, yes. <laughs> but Adam, spread the arts. Let's move into that.
1: Yeah. You want to start? Do you want to go first?
0: Um, yeah, okay. I'll go first. Yeah. So I actually got, I got recommended this from a friend, which I never mm. even heard of this film. And I actually watched it. So it's called a film called The Menu.
1: It's yeah. 2022. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. It's- so I actually watched this um yeah.
1: bro and i thought was... everything from that in terms of like chef world that's exactly how we all feel like like yeah. i watched it like everybody's like "That's so horrible i was like sitting there like yep yep i get that one yep yep totally <laughs> <laughs> so
0: just for anyone who's like not seen it heard of it so basically the synopsis is the film penned by will tracy and uh seth reyes uh focuses on a young couple you visit an exclusive destination restaurant on a remote island where the acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu. Mm. So, I'm not going to give you the full details of it. I'm not going to even give you the genre of it because I don't want you to. Because like when you get when you get it, you get it, and that's what yes. happened with me. I, I when I get it, I got it, and I was like, and I've worked in restaurants, so it's like you know, visibly felt it. Like I love when the chef was saying certain things about the menu is presented this way and it's telling yes. this story. And it's yes. like, and I'm like, ah, I get what you're doing. It's like I get what you're doing here. I get the setup of it. I get the, like some of the characters, like, I think obviously, I think the only thing is that there's the, the, like nine out of the 10 characters that are really unlikable. So it's yes. like, it's just like you want these people to like something bad to happen to them because they're just unlikable characters. But um, generally speaking, Ray Fiennes, love Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. What an actor. He's such a great actor. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to give you anything more in terms of detail. Nope. Don't watch the trailer. Going you, cold. Just stick it on. Yes. Just stick it on and watch it. Because when you know, when I say to you, it's like, You'll get it at a certain point. You'll get what happens. It's a good film. It's stylistically beautifully shot, beautifully shot, and beautifully representation as well. Like during the the cinematography, it's very mm-hmm. reflective of like high end food as well. Everyone wants a stylistic, uh, stylistic Michelin star star dish. They want that kind of presentation. It's presented in the same way in terms of cinematography and the the editing and the yeah the visual direction. So beautifully done and very very uh you know very very um. What's the word I'm looking for now? Cinematic. Uh, Very cinematic, yes. Yes. Very cinematic, yeah. It's it's beautifully done for that. So as I said, recommend the menu. Don't watch the trailer. Just stick it on.
1: Yeah, go and cold.
0: See how you feel because when I finished it, I just didn't know how I felt at first. I was like, "That's interesting." This film's done that. It's like I'm first time I watched a new film for a while, and it's like, it's like I get it, and I and I see where this is going, and it's like, yes, ah,
1: there we go, ah, Yeah. yeah. Good. Good re- recommendation. Um, I also recommend the menu. It's good. Um, as someone who's been on the line cook side and uh, has cooked for many years, yeah, it's it's a good one. Um, for mine, uh, just a little shout out. You know, as I always do, Cast a Garden, new EP coming out hopefully next month before June. So we'll see, hopefully, hey. but I'm working on it. Um, and I'm liking where I'm going with it. Um, but in terms of, I also have another thing that you should watch because my wife has never seen Mm. this series and I haven't seen it uh, in years. So I was like, yeah, let's watch it because I know how good it is. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a Nickelodeon show. Avatar, the last airbender. And man, hey. Man oh man, does it hold up? Because I remember watching it like when it was on TV and then maybe like the following year rewatched it. So I haven't seen it since probably 2012. You know, probably 10 years since I've seen it. Um and can I tell you it holds up? Like it straight holds up. Like it's an emotional roller coaster. Every episode's a banger. It it pays off in the best way possible. Um Avatar, The Last Airbender, the series, not the movie. And also Netflix is making a live-action version of it. Not a fan of that. Mm. Not a fan of that. Mm. It has the same budget. It... Yeah. It, it, it has yeah. a pretty high budget. It's, it's uh, second under Endgame in terms of budget for Last Airbender. Doesn't mean it's going to be good. But my Spread the Arts is going to be... Avatar The Last Airbender, you can find it on Netflix in America, not sure in UK, but it's there. And I recommend it. It's only 23 hours, the entire series is only 23 hours. So not bad. You can you can definitely streamline that.
0: Yeah. No, it's a great. Shout. It's like, I, um, like, I don't really agree with like live action stuff as well. Like, cause like yeah. the, the drawings are what makes it like when you like, we're millennials, yes. we live in nostalgia. It's like, when we watch like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! Or it's the drawings that made it beautiful. Like, I don't like free animated stuff. Like I'm all for that earlier stuff. And like, yes. that's like when you watch it now and you say it like holds up against time. I watched this TikTok video where this guy was like, he said, um, he's like, why are Mr. millennials so nostalgic? And I'm like, why wouldn't you be? It's like, yeah. look at the stuff we grew up with, even before millennials came, think, even like the 80s, it's Star Wars, you had the advent of stuff, you know, all these kind of like iconic figures that started imagining in horror films, yeah. uh, iconic TV shows, even from my time, like me growing up from the 1990s to like 2000, why do you think I talk about South Park so much, Lost? Um, yeah. Metal Gear, I, I live through all the kind of like heights of like really iconic things. Look at what you get in modern cinema now where it's like rehashes, remakes, what's iconic, my brother said this to me in a conversation once he's like, name me an iconic horror film like last 15 years aside from Jigsaw. And you're like, mm. hang on a minute. It's like there's no one there. It's like, you can't even say like, The Ring Girl or something. That's not really iconic, if anything. Yeah. It's like, there's no Freddy Krueger. There's no Jason Voorhees. There's no uh, Michael Myers. No Leatherface. These are guys all predating 2000, if not the 80s and 70s. It's like, we're talking about iconic villains as well. There's no one there. Jigsaw's the last one. Jigsaw uh, Saw was, like, uh, 2004 or something. It's like, yes. that's the thing with nostalgia. Like, I live in nostalgia as a, as a millennial now. Because it's like, they were the good times. It was like, The Simpsons, the South Park, The Family Guys, The American Dads, The Lost, The Prison Breaks. Um, um, all oh, this wait, content. Um,
1: TV- uh oh no, it's from Scream. Shoot. Uh, pff, his name. Oh, David Arquette. No 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 no. Like the the actual villain from Wes Craven. Oh no no. <laughs> uh, Killface something Scream. Face. uh, Ghostface. Shoot. What's that? Ghostface. 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 Yeah, I would say Ghostface in the last fifteen years. Yeah, but that but Scream came out in the nineties. Damn it! You're right. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and also,
0: also as well, let me just say something. You, did you watch Scream Sex?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't I've watch watched the, it. Uh, oh, is it? What? How? It, since we're still in spread the arts, yes. Is it bad? God, it's oh so my. bad.
0: Wes Craven is rolling around in his grave. Oh. He is wrote that man, the horror god, as he is, is rolling around. In his just stop it, just stop it, Hollywood. Yeah, stop. It you went and rebooted it as Scream and then you decided to make Scream six <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just to prove, just to prove that you haven't. Like, oh, I, I, do you know what? I'll talk to you off podcast. But it made me furious. I was like, why is yeah. this film even a thing? It's like, stop it. You're now c- cashing a nostalgia of Ghostface. It's like, Scream is not meant to go on for this long. It, it stopped for me at uh, Scream three. Scream four was a pass at most. If West Paper went, yeah. Me. But it's just stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Like even the TV show. One question on that
1: on camera: Did it at least make a commentary on Hollywood at some point? Because again, Scream Five was all about like this is a um, like a reboot kind of thing, like um, like kind of thing. Like they they made a play on words where it's like, oh, all the main characters, but the new characters, you know? Did it at least make a commentary on Hollywood? yeah it sort of does it again but again that's like such a cliche now for scream it's like every other screen yeah. they want
0: to make a commentary or something they do it again yeah. but it's like it doesn't have any substantial meaning towards it and this scream um, the way that they're setting up with it because it's like, like oh it's all about the new generation knowing the old generation anyone blah blah it's like all these kind of it just stinks for me when i was watching it like miss marvel vibes i'm like i don't care about this oh, it's like
1: yeah this is
0: like wait were you watching i'm like i understand why disney's like the 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 for me, the comic book fatigue is now firmly set in because, like, even with the MCU universe, that is no longer popular the way it used to be. Because you've yeah. seen the big characters done and dusted, no one cares now. At this point, mm-hmm. it's like people are yearning for like good stuff, where it's like the old stuff. Like I grew up watching, like you know, Tarantino was making films, like then Scorsese was making films, George Lucas, Spielberg, uh, Nolan, like the original kind of works. Now it's like, oh, here's like fifteen superhero films that are now dominating the the Hollywood box office and the same with scream is mm. like oh we'll just reboot a scream or we'll remake resident evil 4 really enjoy resident evil 4 and people are like, oh, it's 10 out of 10 stuff. it's like yeah because the foundation has already been laid laid down by shinji mikami in 2004 because he made a 10 yeah. out of 10 game so yeah it's like it's not it's not it's not number, it's like me going you know it's not as easy as it make it out but it's like me and you going remaking the first metal again it gets 10 out of 10s and all we yeah. did was to change all we did was just basically elevate it into the 21st century with yeah. certain mechanics but it's basically the same story that's been made by hideo kojima it's no different from like doing it with a gears of war for example if you make, remake gears of war and it plays almost the exact same you add one or two different things in it make it a bit more fluid well yeah well, they did. Well, it's still they, they remade to...
1: it it was called the um gears of war ultimate edition
0: yeah well that was just a remastered wasn't it they just remastered the entire thing they didn't re- remake i mean remake from uh, i think on.
1: you're right i think you're right yeah, yeah. Well, it was just a remaster yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, 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 like, if, but if we're talking about full remake, same with like Halo Three, me and you remade it. For Halo Three, it's like we didn't personally remake the entire story. The, someone's already set the iconic foundation for the story. But on on the point with Scream, yeah, it's just oh god, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think we should end here um, because I think we had a good episode. Uh, again, Jace, thank you so much for your topic suggestion. As we said, we'll move the True Calls one into another future episode, if not next week or the next episode. Sorry, actually, I should say. But as I said. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are new here one more time as well, please do consider dropping us a like, turn on the notifications, subscribe to the channel. It helps you support the channel. About well, 50% plus of the traffic comes from outside sources. So do subscribe if you are here. It just helps us keep the numbers up and appeal to new people whilst we try and get them onto this channel. Um, and also, Straincast is available on all podcast services. So it's available on Spotify with a video version again. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon. It's available on every platform. So you can check us out there. If you are interested in having a topic covered, as I said, Jace has posted in here. I think Langster Speaks has posted a, a topic suggestion we've done. Come on to YouTube, come to this video, drop an comment let us know any future topics you want us to talk about we will add them to our list because there's always room for us as well usually it's me just thinking of something or adam thinking of something it's like sometimes it's just easier for people to give us topics that they want to hear talked about and we can kind of give our perspectives Mm -hmm. on but yeah as i said in the comments leave us below any topic suggestions you got as well as let us know how you feel about bts what's the best episode do you agree with our rankings do you think adam's wrong do you think i'm right Etc.
1: Sure. As it said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right <laughs> or, wrong? or wrong about Zach Garris saying that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's
0: like, the we'll big care. that's the big gate that we have. That's yes. Garris gate that we have. I in the minute. definitely so let's, remember him saying start. that.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: So there you go. Right. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. We'll be back next month. I assume we'll we'll probably do early next month a Steph's story review because I will download it this Mm -hmm. month and we'll listen to it and we'll start that will be a very late review for that but we'll do it as well as a full episode because i think there's a lot to talk about there in the meantime stay tuned there's more content coming to this channel until then take care guys
1: later